Welcome to Crossover Church ATL, where we build a city together. And for us, it's, it's, it's bigger than Sundays. Amen. You hear, you hear me say that every week. It's bigger than, say it's bigger than Sundays. You know why it's bigger than Sundays? Because we are his body, we are his church. And wherever you go, whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's home, whether it's on tour with Reach Records, welcome to Hector's back. Y'all make some noise for the Hector's real quick. Come on, yeah. Wherever we go, we are his body, and the spirit of God lives inside of us. And so last week we had Easter, which represents the, the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is no longer on a cross. Jesus is no longer in a tomb. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he sent us his spirit who lives inside of us, his temple. Amen. Say, his, say I am the temple of God. Now I want you to say it like you mean it. I am the temple of God. Like his spirit dwells in me. Say that. His spirit. Some of y'all were a little off. <laughs> his spirit dwells in me. So I was, I was praying last week about how do I follow up Easter. Because Easter is like one of these big Super Bowl Sundays. And God did some amazing things. We had about 200 and something people in the room. And it was amazing. Kids ministry was busting at the seams. I praise God for the leadership of kids ministry. Thank y'all for... Yeah, amen. Make some noise for that. And the Lord, you know, one thing, I, one thing I like about, like, what we do, especially what we do, is we, me, my family, the greater family of Crossover ATL, we like to eat. Does anybody like to eat in here? And so, yeah, amen. Luli was like, yeah, she like to eat. Thank God for that. Thank God for that Puerto Rican rice and beans. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Mexican tacos, ooh, boy. I went to my favorite taco spot the other day, and I was super, super, super sad. Literally, I was, I was you ever get your hope, hopes up for, like, the greatest meal ever, and then it was a total letdown? I get there, and it, it, it burned down. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? And they, they, they said, we'll be back soon, better than ever. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord led me to Matthew chapter 4. And the verse is verse 4, Matthew 4, 4. And it says this. I'm sorry about our screens. We only have one screen, screen up this morning. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I was like, okay, Lord, I, I've heard that verse before. I've read that verse plenty of times. But, like, you know, give me some, give me some greater revelation with this verse. And, and, and so the Lord, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. Maybe it was just me. And he says, you are what you eat. You ever heard that statement before? You are what you eat. I remember hearing that as a little kid. You are what you eat. And they're saying, oh, well, you eat boogers. You ever seen little kids eat boogers before? It's pretty nasty. If you're old, if you're older like me, back back in elementary school, like early elementary school, we used to eat Elmer's glue. Anybody remember that? Anybody's like, oh, y'all are crazy. That's probably what's wrong with me. I ate too much glue. And so we used to make fun of people saying, you are what you eat. And I heard the Lord speak to me and say, you are what you eat. But I'm like, man, why is everything that I love to eat always bad for me? Can I get an amen? All the good foods. The good, the greatest tasting foods are the ones 
that are the worst for you. Man, I love, I, I grew up eating cereal. Any cereal people in here? I love cereal, like especially late at night, right? You get a little hungry, right? You go to the pantry and you look up and, and, and the cereal's always on the top shelf, am I right? The cereal's always on the top shelf. And if you got kids, you got all the good cereal. So on the count of three, I want you to name your favorite cereal. One, two, three. Okay, okay. I heard Fruit Loops, Fruit Loops. Apple Jack, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Somebody said that. That's Fruity Pebbles. Honey Bunches of Oats. I don't know about that one. Raisin Bran. Cocoa Pebbles, Tricks, Wheaties, all, listen, they're all amazing. And there's nothing like, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night, and you get a little hungry. The easy snack is to go pour a bowl of cereal. But cereal, those cereals especially, have tons of sugar in it, right? And, and, and it's bad for our bodies. And the reality is this, we all come to a certain stage in life. Let me just be real for a second. We all come to a certain place in life because of age or because of health reasons or because of maybe weight. And we say, you know what? I can't eat the same things that I used to eat all the time. And I'm at that place in life. I'm like, you know what? I got to be conscious. I got to be aware of the things that I eat. Because just the other day, you might have heard me say this last week, I picked up a chair. Just a chair, y'all. A chair. And, and, yeah, and I put it in the back of my truck. I took it out the back of my truck. I put it in my living room. And I couldn't sleep that night. I mean, my back was hurting so bad. And I'm like, what is going on? So I, so I ended up making an appointment at a chiropractor. First time in my life I ever went to a chiropractor. Yeah, finally. <laughs> And it was the weirdest experience I ever had in my life. In a good way, though. In a good way. But, but listen to what the chiropractor told me. The chiropractor told me this. He said, listen, I don't fix anything. So if you're coming here to get your back fixed, that's not really going to happen. He told me this. He didn't know who I was. He didn't even know I was a believer. He said, God designed your body to fix itself. And I was like, what? I'm like, tell me more. He says, listen, all your nerves, all your, your vessels and everything flow through your spine. And he says, the problem is your spine gets out of alignment over time or you actually might hurt it based on your occupation or what you did. Maybe you slipped, maybe you fell, maybe you lifted something wrong, maybe you played football your whole life, whatever. Your, bo your body, a.k.a. your spine gets out of alignment. And he says, all I'm going to do is put your spine back into alignment so your body, a.k.a. what God created it to do, can do what it does. And so I was like, yo, this dude is preaching to me right now. And I was like, that, that's, that, that sounds really good. Go ahead and align my back. And he said, okay, I'm going to get the worst one out of the way. And I said, oh, I don't like the way that sounds. He said, just relax. And, and, and he's like, I'm going to yank on your neck as hard as I can. And I'm like, what? I used to watch kung fu flicks. Any kung fu people in here? Remember when they used to just like crack people's necks and they would just fall to the ground, they'd be dead? That's all I kept thinking of. I'm like, this guy's going to pull my neck out of the socket. And he says, okay, just relax. And he didn't tell me when it's going to. And all of a sudden he just yanked it. 
And literally it was popping that went all the way down my back, all the way to my bone in my, you know where. And, and honestly, it was probably one of the best feelings that I've ever felt in my life. And so diet, all diet is, is when you pay attention or you prioritize what you consume. Really. You're prioritizing your health. You're prioritizing your body for optimal health. And I was watching something on TikTok the other day, and it was from a show called Good Morning America. That show's probably been on for 20-plus years. And there was a nutritionist on there, and it says that who works in getting um, unhealthy people to break bad habits, especially when it comes to consuming foods. He says this. He says, you want to know what people's health is like or their future health is like, all you got to do is open their fridge or their pantry. And it convicted me. I was like, ooh. I was like, that, that, that hurts your boy. Because you go up into my fridge and my pantry, my fridge, first of all, and I ate some last night, got that marvelous, miraculous, heaven-sent Blue Bell ice cream. Amen, right? Chocolate Blue Bell ice cream. But I'm not here today to talk about physical diet. I'm here to talk about a spiritual one. I'm here to talk about you become, you are what you eat. Right? You become what you eat. And so the same can be said about our diet, about consumption socially, consumption mentally, and consumption spiritually. If we consume material things over and over, we can never have enough money. We'll never have enough benefits, and we'll never have enough promotion in life because we're constantly wanting more material possessions. If we're consumed with fear, if we're constantly thinking about fear and our mind is going this place and that place, we'll spend all of our energy trying to, you know, get better. We'll spend all of our energy trying to dispel fear. And sometimes some of us are even afraid of death and dying because we got this going on with our body and this going on with our body. And we'll, we'll be consumed with trying to find the next cure and the next fix or something to prolong our lives. But if we're consumed with Jesus' commands in Matthew 6.33, it says this, seek first, say first, seek first the kingdom of God. If we seek first the kingdom of God, our priorities and interests are very different to the other possibilities. Amen? We got to seek first the kingdom of God. And then it goes on to say, and his righteousness and his ways. And then it says, all the other things that your heart desires will be added unto you. So you are what you eat. Say, I am what I eat. Jesus consumed his energies with his father's will. He did. He says, I'm all about my father's business. All he was about was doing the will, not the work. I'm not talking about the work of the father. I'm talking about the will of the father. And let me just be real with you as your pastor. Sometimes God's will and what we do for him are two different things. Jesus was consumed with the Father's will. He says this in John 4, 34. He says, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. My food, my cookout, right? My Hattie B's hot chicken. Amen. My 10-piece my chicken wings with fried, fried rice and fries. My 
What, lemon pepper? We lemon pepper people? Chris Elijah, lemon pepper. Buffalo, hot buffalo. Jesus is saying my hot buffalo, a.k.a. lemon pepper chicken, is to do the will of the Father that sent me. And to what? Finish his work. God sent his son, Jesus, to finish what he was called to do on this earth. So here it is. What are you eating? Jesus offers us glimpses into his heart with the things that he said, with, with, with what's in his word. We see his priority. We see his passion. We see his focus. And we capture a powerful picture of what fed Jesus' spirit and mattered most to him. My food, he says, is not of this world. My food is to do the will of the Father. So if we are what we eat, we should be eating certain types of things to live out the fullness of what God wants for our life. And so the first thing I want to point out is we have to consume the proper diets. Talking about spiritually. When we read about the church in the very beginning in Acts chapter 2 verse 42, it says they continued devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings, a.k.a. the word of God. And to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayer. Now I thank Jesus that they put the, broken, the breaking of bread in there. I do. Like breaking of bread, fellowship around food is actually a core part of the early church. They said to, to the word they devoted themselves, to fellowship, to eating food together, and to prayer. So we have to devote ourselves. So we're going to have a healthy diet in the spirit realm. We got to devote ourselves to community, real family, church. That's what this is. I love that this is bigger than Sundays because a lot of people in this in this church, in this body, hang out outside of Sundays. And if you don't, we're actually going to launch small groups, a.k.a. micro churches, here like literally in the next few weeks. And you could go and you could, you could sign up for one. We're doing, we're doing all women one and we're doing an all men's one. Then we're going to mix it up afterwards. I think we got a young adult one as well. And so you're saying, you know what, I don't feel connected. I feel like I'm all alone. I don't have real community. Listen, sign up. It's there. It's available. It's accessible. You ain't going to be the fullness of the person that God wants you to be. You ain't going to be healthy spiritually. No man is an island. You have to have real community. You have to have real family. And let me be real with you. This community is probably the best community I've ever been in. And I'm not bragging on y'all. Oh, actually, I am bragging on y'all. I'm not bragging because, it, it, you know, it's our thing. I'm being dead serious. I've been around church for 20-something years now, and I've never had community like I have right now. And so plug into it. You want to be healthy, plug into it. You got to have the proper diet. The next thing, we got to commit ourselves is to prayer. Prayer is communication with the Father. And we do that through the name of Jesus. Because we're in right standings with the Father, we have access to him. We have relationship with him. There is no real relationship in this. You have real communication. Anytime relationships are struggling, one of the number one things at the top is communication. And so if you want to have a healthy relationship with him, you got to communicate with him. And one thing about communication that I've learned, communication is a two-way road. It's not just him speaking to you, it's you speaking to him. 
And it's not just real communication isn't just me talking to God about what I need. A lot of times we boil down prayer to saying, Jesus, fix this. Jesus, I need that. Jesus, this is wrong. He already knows that. I'm not saying he doesn't want to hear that from me. He does. But how we talk to each other, how we talk to our friends, how we talk to our family is how we should talk to him. Just open up your mouth and just start talking to him, dialogue with him. And then we also got to be quiet so we can hear from him as well. So we got to devote ourselves community to prayer. We also got to devote ourselves to the word of God. John 1, 14, so the word became flesh and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father, one and only Son. To eat the word of God means that we take his word by, by all means of all prayer and all petition. We receive the word of God. We digest it and we assimilate to make it part of our being. We got to eat the word of God. We got to consume the word of God. You are what you eat. So the first thing is we got to have a proper diet. The next thing is we got to exercise our faith. We got to get on that bench press every now and then. With our faith. How do we exercise our faith? I love this. Ezekiel 3 verse 3 says this. He said to me, son of man. This is God speaking to the prophet Ezekiel. Eat the scroll that I'm giving you. And fill your stomach with it. You're like, what? Eat the scroll. That's what he told him. Eat the scroll and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and I, it was as sweet as honey to my mouth. Then he said to me, this is God speaking, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. So he's saying you need to eat it so that you could speak it. The Bible also says this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's inside of you eventually comes out of you. Good and bad. Really, good and bad. Sometimes I catch myself thinking certain ways, saying certain things that are not me. You ever been there before? And then I can always equate that back to what I'm putting inside of me. The, the music I'm listening to, the, the movies and the TV shows I'm watching. All of a sudden those things start to get inside of me, and they start to come out of me. I'm not, I'm not saying be religious, but what I struggle with and what affects me might not affect you. So it's not like a blanket statement saying you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't, that's religion. But I know what affects me. I know what's good for me. I know what's bad for me. And so we got to exercise our faith. So we got to eat the word. The prophet was told to eat the scroll and speak the word of God. And there was a similar uh, verse in Revelation 10 where the apostle John ate the scroll and then he started to prophesy the revelation of end times. There's a crucial relationship between eating the word of God and prophesying the word. Seriously. There's a and you're saying, well, I'm not a prophet. Listen, prophesying is only speaking what the Lord is saying. That's what it means. And he said a lot in his word. So if you're going to speak the word of God, you got to eat the word of God. You got to, prophecy is, in a sense, one part of it is, is speaking for God. But there's another flip side of the coin. It's speaking forth God. It's speaking what the word says. And some of us were so afraid to open up our mouths. Because a lot of us, we're not eating and consuming the word of God. So therefore, we're not exercising our faith in what he's already said. The step that we could take 
to walk in faith is to speak the word of God. I hear the, the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4.13. It says this, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and I also spoke and also we believe so we also speak. You got to exercise your faith. You got to start speaking the word of God to you, yourself. Listen, you got to speak it over your own mind. You got to speak it over your own life. You got to speak it over your own situation, but you also got to speak it over your family. You also got to speak it over your friends. You also got to speak it over your coworkers. Faith grows stronger when you speak it. Your muscles ain't going to get stronger unless you start working those things out. Faith works the same way. You got to speak that thing. You got to say that thing. We exercise our faith when we speak words of faith in the situations that we face every single day. Or when we lift up someone's spirit who's struggling with an encouraging word of faith. I always say this all the time. I, stop, I talk to a lot of different people. I'm not saying you got to be like me. But what I am saying is you got you to encourage somebody. I stop at Dunkin' Donuts. I used to stop at Dunkin' Donuts all the time. Now, Ruben got me on that racetrack coffee. That racetrack coffee. But now, the, I know the people who work at racetrack. And I encourage them. Sometimes I laugh with them, sometimes I joke with them, clown with them, but I'm always speaking some type of word to encourage them. I got to exercise my faith every single day so even as a pastor, my faith grows stronger. If we believe in it, then we should speak it. And when we do, our faith will continue to grow. Luke 6.45 says this, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For real. And sometimes our fruit in the kingdom isn't works, it's words. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the fruit that we produce in the kingdom isn't based on works, it's based on words. Faith still come by hearing, hearing the word of God. Well, how will people hear unless someone is sent? You and everybody in this room are the sent ones. Jesus is sending you into the world to make disciples. Disciples of what? Disciples of him. And so you got to speak. Works rarely reveal people's hearts, but words do. Words do. Right, that old, that old nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. That's actually a lie. Words do more damage than any physical thing can ever do. And some of us are dealing with things as an adult that words were spoken over us as children. Words are powerful. Words give life or they give death. Therefore, speak life. That's Bible too. So we got to have a proper diet. We got to exercise our faith. And the last thing is this. We got to get the proper rest. We got to rest. Hebrews 4 and 9 says this. Therefore, or there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for everyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works. You're like, amen to that. Just as God did from his. Did you know that God rested? If God got a rest, how much more do I got a rest and you got a rest? Let us therefore make every effort to enter into that rest. Not just my rest, but into his rest. See, that's a whole nother message. And we'll get into that. 
another day. So that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. There's always a flip side to the coin. Say flip side. The flip side is this. Some of us want to rest so much that we become L-A-Z-Y. Proverbs 13.4. The soul of a lazy man desires but has nothing. But the soul of a diligent man shall be made rich. I love the Amplified Version. Let me read the Amplified Version. The soul, the appetite of a lazy person craves and gets nothing. For lethargy overcomes ambition. But the soul, a.k.a. the appetite of a diligent man or woman who works willingly is rich and abundantly supplied for in all that they do. I know there's this new thing with mental health, and I'm all for it. Let me hear, hear my heart. I'm all for it. I need it. My family needs it. You need it. We do need it. But at the same time, we still got to put in diligent work. Think about your body for a second. If I want to get cut up and I want to get muscular, I want to get, I want to get in shape, as we call it. I can't just sit down and do nothing. I could rest all I want to rest, and my body will not change. Same thing spiritually. You got to put in the work. You got to prioritize some things. And I love looking at the Gospels because I want to mimic, I want to imitate, I want to follow this man named Jesus. Jesus never seemed hurried in anything that he did. He never was in a rush. I mean, there was people dying, and they asked Jesus to come to him, and he was just, just kind of walking. He was like, chill. And there was a story where there was a little girl who was dying, and they said, Jesus, you need to come and touch my little girl and make her whole. And he, and he was just walking, strolling. He's like, I'll come to the house. And then next thing you know, this woman with an issue of blood came up. And there was a lot of people. There was crowds all over the place. And came and touched his garment. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped and asked who touched him. Now picture this. Imagine you were the parent of the little girl. Jesus, don't stop now. We got to keep moving. My daughter is dying. I need you to get to the house. A lot of times that's how we think. Rush, rush, rush. I need to get this done. I need to get that. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. But listen, our timeline is not his timeline. The results of God are not based on our timelines and our schedules and the busyness of life. He was in, in, inundated with people with urgent needs. A lot of his times in the Gospels, he was surrounded by crowds. He barely had enough time to catch his breath. Events happened quickly. People were tumbling over one over another. He went from preaching in the synagogue to casting out demons to healing the sick. Friends, hanging out with friends, eating, you know, dinner together in people's houses, ministering to crowds. And that was just one day.
But after that one day, you can read it in Mark 135, says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and he went out to a desolate place in the mountains where he prayed and he talked to the Father. Now listen, if Jesus, the Son of Man, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Godhead, if Jesus needed to break away from the crowd, needed to break away from, you know, the day-to-day -day life, needed to break away to a quiet place to talk to the Father, how much more do me and you, you need to do the same? We got to break away. After ministering to others, before pouring himself out again, Jesus left everyone and spent time with the Father. And th this pattern is repeated all throughout the Gospels. It's in there for a reason. It's in there because Jesus needed the rest. Jesus needed the break. But yet at the same time, the break wasn't just sleeping all day. The break was spending time with the Father. So he could be refueled, rejuvenated, revived to go back out to be with the people. How are you exercising your faith? How are you living this thing out? And here's another question. What are you consuming? Because whatever you consume will eventually consume you. Whatever you consume will eventually consume you. I'm going to end with this. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, it says this. Come to me. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is very light. So maybe you've been in this busy season, maybe you've been in this crazy season. You're saying, you know what, I need to... Start to prioritize what I'm eating spiritually and maybe even physically. Maybe say, I want to start exercising my faith. I've been a Christian that just kind of sits and does nothing. I need to start exercising my faith. I want to get out. I want to serve. I want to get out. I want to speak. I want to be able to love him and love my neighbor well. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I need to learn how to rest. In him. I thought rest was just being able to sleep all day. No, rest is, spiritual rest is being able to spend time with Jesus with no other interruptions. So sometimes you have to remove yourself from the other voices. But he says this, if you're weary, if you're burdened, you know where to go, you got to go to him. And he's calling you. He says, come to me. Come to me, and you go to him by faith in the name of Jesus, and I will. Listen, this is a promise of God. He will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Some of us have been going so hard in life that we don't even know what rest for our souls look like. 
But today, listen, you have access to real rest in the name of Jesus. He says his ways are easy and his burdens are very light. So if you're feeling burdened by anything, let me tell you something, it's not him. And he will remove your burden and give you his yoke, meaning this, this thing that you place upon yourself. And that you can learn from him. You can walk with him. You attach yourself to him so that he leads you. And he guides you. And he provides for you. Because if I'm attached to him, I'm only going and doing what Jesus is doing. And wherever Jesus goes, I'm telling you, there is provision for you. Because you attach yourself to him. So if that's you today, I want to pray for you as we close this service this Sunday morning. Listen, it's not an accident that you're here today. God purposed for you to be here, to hear his word. You got to start to consume his word. You got to exercise your faith. And you got to learn how to rest as well. In him. In him. Let's pray. Father, I pray for every person right now in the name of Jesus. That is in a season where there's been some weight placed upon them, Father. Based on situations that they're going through. Some of it is not their fault. Some of it is just they need to reorganize and prioritize their time, their talents, and their treasures to glorify you, Father. So help us to consume more of you, consume more of your word. Help us to speak more of your word and exercise our faith in Jesus' name. And help us to learn how to rest. Help us to learn how to hear from the Father, break away from the crowds, and talk to our Father in heaven, Lord God. Teach us how to do that. Help us to remove the noise. Help us to remove people out of our lives that are, that are just holding us down in dead weight. Give us real freedom, Lord, today. You said in your word, and you actually promised in your word, that if we come to you, you will give us rest. So I pray right now, Father, that real rest comes upon us. That burdens be removed right now in Jesus' name. May they sense just things being lifted off of them, breaking off of them in the name of Jesus. You said in, the wor in your word that you've given us the keys to the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And right now I bind up any anxiety, any fear. Any depression in Jesus' name. Anything that's contrary to your kingdom, Lord God. I pray that you remove that from us. And that we attach ourselves to you. And we follow you. Before we close out service, is there anybody that needs a just a physical miracle from the Lord. Like your physical body, there's something going on in your body. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit right now. He's just saying, like, I want you to pray for those that need a touch from me in their bodies. Slip your hand up. Slip your hand up. Go ahead and uh, I forgot to have our team real quick. Our team, come, come around. Slip your hand up real quick. It's all, it's all good. Listen. If I can have our team, come, we're going to pray one for another real quick. Anybody over here? I think I saw right here. Right here. 
else. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up until somebody gets around you. You need a touch from the Father physically. pray right now. Come on, let's all, on the count of three, let's just all start to pray for a supernatural miracle in their bodies in the name of Jesus. One, two, three. Come on, let's pray out loud. Father God, I thank you, Lord God. Jehovah Rapha, we call upon your name, God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that their bodies come into perfect alignment with your will, God, with the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I pray heaven down right now into their bodies in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, God, for the fullness and the wholeness of your touch right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father for complete restoration of the body, for complete restoration of the blood, for complete restoration of the mind in Jesus' name. Lord, by your stripes, you said in your word that we are healed and made whole. So I speak wholeness right now, God, over his body. I speak wholeness over her body. Lord, we exercise our faith. You said in your word, where two or more agree on earth, it shall be done by the Father in heaven. So we touch and we agree, God, for wholeness over their body right now in Jesus' name. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for a supernatural touch. Help us to prioritize to consume your word. Help us to prioritize to exercise our faith and help us to prioritize to rest with you and in you. We love you, we praise you, we honor you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus. We all said, Amen. 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 Let's give yes. the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Yes. All right, all right. It was a lot. Okay. Before we close, I want to give you an opportunity to not do this by yourself. An encouraging part of everything that we go through as believers is that we don't have to do it in our own strength. The Lord gives us the strength to do these things. And the more that we put them into practice, the easier it is. It's just like, that's why we use the analogy of diet and exercise. The more you eat right, the easier it is. The more you exercise, the easier it is. The more you rest, the easier it is. And so we're also saying that you don't have to do it alone because you can do it with us in community. And that's why I'm excited to talk about small groups. Not just because I really love snacks and small groups have snacks. I know that that's a thing. But because it helps us not do it alone. So if you don't understand the concept of small group or what we call a micro church, is that it's a smaller scenario where we talk about the word 
and get to read it together. And then we get to ask questions. And then we can talk about the application, which is more than what we can do on Sundays. So we want to give you the opportunity to also get to know people more. Maybe you only see people here on Sundays and you haven't made friends yet or you haven't found somebody that you can ask questions to throughout the week and you can't always get a hold of me and Scott. So this, in a smaller setting, you get to know other people and ask questions to who become your friends. You get to do things with, celebrate things with. Maybe something devastating happens in your life. Who do you call? We would hope that it would be someone in your small group and they will be there for you and do this because the highs and the lows we're meant to do together. So small groups are starting May 15th and it's just going to be for four weeks the first time just to try it out, see how we feel. And then we're going to start branching them out into different types of small groups. All right. So I'm going to let you know that the first three that we're launching starting May 15th is going to be a men's small group led by Scott a women's small group led by me, and then a young adult small group led by Amy and Demetrius. And this is not, you know, a competition, and it's also not meant to, like, exhaust you, right? If you have a lot going on, maybe this season is not the season for you to do the small group, and maybe it's another time. Or if the day doesn't work out, it's just four, four weeks, and then we're starting a day and again, and then there may be a day and time that works for you. So Scott's going to be doing it on... Thursdays. I'm going to be doing it on Tuesdays, and then the young adults are going to be meeting on Sundays. And young adults, y'all could do both if you want to, or maybe not. So we're just letting you know that it's it's something added for you. We're not looking at who's coming or not coming. We're doing it for you, and you can take advantage of as much as you want to, just like you can take advantage of serving with us on Fridays and on Sundays and all these other micro churches that we have going on, but it's just an added layer that's going to help us grow spiritually, and that's going to help us have and that's going to help us go deeper. So if you want to sign up, we have uh, QR codes over here. You can also go to crossoverchurchatl.com slash smallgroups, and then you'll see the addresses, the days and times. Scott and I will be in Atlanta, and then the Macintoshes in their home. So just any questions you have about that, ask us. But we really want everybody to get plugged in. I'm really excited on how we can go deep by doing it together. Yes. And if you're not connected, please fill out a connection card, scan the QR code, you will get plugged in our system, and you will start getting all of the messages that have to do with everything, Crossover Church, ATL, and Special City Takers events. And then lastly, your generosity fuels the mission. We can't do it without you. This is our home. We all have to cooperate in keeping up our home, and we all have to be the church outside of Sundays. We're an everyday church. We're loving our neighbors every day, and we can't do it without you. So continue to do your tithes and offerings. And thank you for your tithes and offerings because that's why we're doing it. That's how we can say that we have given out over 100,000, you know, pounds of food. That's how we can say that we have 60 teens being mentored weekly. That's how we can say that because of you. So we thank you. We don't overlook that. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for how you're loving radically. And so with that, we will close. We wish you super well. Please say hi to someone that you don't know. We love you so much. We'll be over here at Connections if you have any questions, all right? We love you.